Today on Laura Lynn and Friends. What we look like doesn't impact the work. You know, we can all be completely different and still produce the same work. So I, especially when it comes to something like beauty. And so um, yeah. I just, I, I think it's just, I think it's unfortunate that a company specifically Sephora or any company incorporates their personal beliefs onto the people that work for them or their customers. Well, hello everyone and welcome to The Last Days. It is my second time to join you today and that is because Toby Carson uh, keeps me extremely busy and she's like, no, we have to do this interview. It's an amazing story. She's an amazing lady and it's, she's got a big fight on her hands and it's very pertinent. So, you know, we've got to do it. So uh, it's really good. Let me tell you about my day. So Art Pulowski, you know, you can't always get Art these days because, you know, he's kind of too, too big for us. Uh, he's, he's been asked to do interviews all over the world on every major network that's around. And that's because he is facing the dragons and he is winning. Art Pulowski has had an amazing win and I'm saying his name wrong. It's Pavlovsky. So I'm trying to get better at saying it. Um, he's never corrected me and that's why I've been saying it wrong all this time. Then I find out I'm saying it wrong and I'm like, Art, why didn't you tell me? So uh art is doing uh really well and he's fighting back then we have seen uh an amazing victory tamara leach out of jail uh, a political prisoner in canada she has been standing for freedom and finally she is out as well and so we're hoping in her interview her shortly um so so then what happened is there's an amazing guy we've already had him on the show it's, uh, his name is Ohio Brett, and he does a show on Brighteon. And he said, Laura Lynn, I want to have you on to talk about Canada and to talk about Prime Minister Trudeau and what's going on there. So we had to tie it in with sports, which wasn't easy for me. I'm like, yay, go Canucks. So that was uh, my contribution basically to the sports narrative. But Ohio Brett had me on, and then we're going to be talking in a couple of weeks here to see how we can do an event together because he's really burdened for our nation. He's burdened for what we're going through in Canada. I am beginning to meet a lot of people, and they are watching. You know, they, they watch amazing uh, news programs like Tucker Carlson, who's number one in all of the United States for uh, news uh, programming. And Tucker Carlson is outing what is happening. He has covered uh, the trucker convoy. He has covered what is going on with Trudeau. And I would also like to give you know props to Laura Ingram for doing the same. I am grateful to our American brothers and sisters of freedom patriots who stand together because guess what? They're in the same problem. Uh, their, their nation is in a disastrous position because of Biden, disastrous. And they have people flooding in those borders in the, in the south of the U.S. And in the, the north of the U.S., we have a whole bunch of people like you and me who are what? Trapped in our country, religiously persecuted, not respected, put down, bullied by our own prime minister, and our prime minister says that in Canada, we are all Muslim. <laughs> I, I, I cannot explain why he's saying that. We are not Muslim. We are Christian. Uh, there are some Muslims. There are some Sikhs who did not like your comment about us all being Muslim. Anyways, neither did the atheists. So we've got a real problem going on. And so now I'm going to have my wonderful interview this afternoon. I was kind of giving you my day. And then I will be on tonight with Not TV, right? You might know of them. They're a Canadian broadcaster. They're absolutely fabulous. And I saw them fighting for Canadians like crazy when we were with the trucker convoy. And so I can't wait to have them on. So you're going to love my next guest. What a fighter she is. Uh, so... Her name is uh, Courtney Flynn, and she was born and raised in Torrance, California, after which she attended college in Chico, California, where she received a BA in psychology and her MBA. 
In 2016, she started her own supply chain business. Shortly after, she recognized a need for a more accessible supply chain software and she created a prototype. She's brilliant. In March, of 2021, IBM recognized her as the 79th in the top 100 women in supply chain. <laughs> that is an accomplishment. Courtney believes in hard work and creativity to get the job done. She has countless satisfied customers, comments on all of her business social media accounts. But listen to this. Here's the little twist. Courtney Flynn, an awarded businesswoman talks about Sephora. All you ladies know about Sephora? Rejecting her for being white. Wow. So that's where we've come to. So Sephora is now being sued for not allowing Caucasians or white-skinned individuals, basically, to work there. Courtney... Flynn is a victim of this white discrimination and she is suing them and telling her story. Courtney, we welcome you to the show and we are very excited to hear what is going on. Thanks for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. Courtney, tell me all about, um, first of all, can I just say congratulations for being an outstanding woman? and really working hard to achieve and to obtain great success. And obviously you're really kind of smart if you've like built these prototypes or whatever. And uh, we all always like having bright people here, but thank you for doing all of that and applying uh, every skill set that you have to attaining great success. Thank you so much, I appreciate it. So were you surprised then when you were discriminated against, how did you come to know that you were not being accepted because of your skin color? Sure. So um, the Sephora program is a tremendous opportunity. It is, um, it's, a, it's a program that Sephora has had for about 10 years, and it helps people with small businesses or who have, who have a product and it puts them in a boot camp, a five-month boot, boot camp with mentorship. You get venture capital. You just get so many opportunities. It's a tremendous experience and, and very exciting. So when Sephora reached out to me in 2019 and Sephora asked me to apply to their program, I was over the moon excited. So I went through the application process. And um, unfortunately, I came in second it placed within my category, but they said, we really like you, please apply again next year. So during that time, I really worked on my product and I, I really tried to polish it and, and improve it. And then in 2020, I applied again and I had been in contact with Sephora and they encouraged me to apply again. And I applied again next year, which was 2020. And then I didn't hear from them, which I thought was odd because they seemed so excited to hear from me again. And um, then I saw a couple months after I applied that essentially they had stopped accepting white people into the program and they only accepted how they call it people of color. So I was, I was no longer able eligible to the program because I didn't meet their skincare requirements, skin color requirements. So, you know, it, it really took me a while to understand that I was completely excluded because of the way that I looked and essentially the way that I was born. And, you know, you mentioned, I, I have a couple of accomplishments that I, I can put on my resume and my product. And essentially my, in my application wasn't even considered, you know, I had my skin color put next to my name and it was completely skipped over. I was never considered. So they did that in the year 2020. Sephora did that for in 2021. So in the last two years, they haven't allowed people who look like me into their program because of our skin color, which is the craziest thing ever. Wow. Who, um, can you tell me about Sephora? Like who, who owns them? Uh, um, what kind of group it is? Sure. So Sephora is owned by LVMH which is, I believe it's a French company. It's Louis Vuitton, Moet Hennessy. So it's, it's a very big conglomerate that owns uh, several companies. So 
there is a very big parent company that sits on top of Sephora. Okay. And do you think that this is written up in a policy somewhere or is somebody making these decisions um, in, in a, a lower level? Because surely you wouldn't think that they're writing down, all right, we're only going to hire people with a certain skin color, would they? But they have it all over their website. They're very clear about the participants that they've selected. And I've also really? noticed in, yeah, if, if you, it, Amazon has the same program, Apple has the same program where they select an entire class of people based solely on their skin color. And, and, and I think for me, what I find the hardest is that it's not about me and it's not about people who look like me. It's that we're taking a giant step back. So um, <clears throat> did you get any kind of letter that basically uh, said, you know, surely they wouldn't say you're being rejected based on your skin color. How did you come to know that like this was, and, and because you're actually going to take them to task in a court of law over this, right? I am. So, you know, they're very clear on their website. They, this isn't yeah. like a guess they're very clear with their intention. So yes, we, we are moving yeah. forward with a, with a discrimination lawsuit. And I'm really happy to hear that because I find it so offensive. Um, you know, uh, I, I hope I don't get you or your case in any trouble, but I find it offensive for people to say black lives matter when I can't say white lives matter or I'm a racist. I don't get that. I do think all lives matter and it's gotten to the place where you're not able to say that. And you know, um, Courtney, coming up uh, after our interview, there's a couple of amazing African-American uh, young men who are huge. I think they're Instagrammers or they've got a huge following and their mom is there and they're going to be talking about this exact issue. So I want everyone to know that we are going to get some truly amazing, well, they're young guys. They're just adorable and they're going to be weighing in on all of this. And, you know, I'm glad that you're willing to do this. Where did you get the courage to stand up and, and fight for your rights to not be discriminated against? I'll be honest. I don't know. I, I, I just, I, it was just something that I just, I couldn't fight. And it, it sat inside me for so long that this was happening. And it's just one of those things where I know we're all in the same boat where every human knows that this is wrong, but who's going to be the one who actually steps up and says something because once someone does, the dominoes are going to fall and this is going to stop, but it just takes that first person. So I guess that's me. That is you. And you've been a first in a lot of ways, actually. Uh, you're, you're a trendsetter. Um, I'm so glad that there's someone like yourself. You know, um, this is how people who've been discriminated against have been able to get ahead in life because somebody, one person stood up. It was actually one person in, in the gay community uh, who stood up many years ago and said, we don't like being discriminated uh, against for certain things. And this is the thing. Um, of course, I do not uh, support, as a Christian, I support uh, a godly perspective on sexuality, but I also do not support discrimination. I believe that God said, choose you this day whom you will serve, and that you have the freedom to receive um, a Christian lifestyle or an atheist lifestyle or be a Muslim or be a Sikh, and uh, the Prime Minister of Canada cannot tell us that we're all Muslim. But anyways, that's just a, a pet peeve of mine right now. But we do have this beautiful thing, it's called freedom, and we are not to discriminate. Now, I, I do believe that there are certain, um, like let's say um, an Islamic mosque who is hiring people to work there. I do not believe that they have to hire Christians or Sikhs, I believe that they are a private institution and a church, um, and they would probably hire people of like mind. In the same way that a Christian church uh, would be given full rights and freedom 
to hire people who are of their persuasion in their church. But when it comes to um, uh, uh, jobs like this, do you see that differ differential or how do you see that? I, I do. I think it's it's very different just because, you know, what we look like doesn't impact the work. You know, we can all be completely different and still produce the same work. So I it, especially when it comes to something like beauty. And so um, yeah. I just I, I think it's just I think it's unfortunate that a company specifically Sephora or any company incorporates their personal beliefs onto the people that work for them or their customers. And I think that you kind of mentioned it before. I don't know that people who shop at Sephora know this. This isn't, you know, commonly known. So, you know, if, if we put this out here, does that maybe change people's thoughts on where they give their money to? So, you know, it's just about kind of getting the word out there. You know, I know it's changed my thoughts on it. Um, I've shopped at Sephora, me and my daughter together. And to think that they're not honoring all women, I'm offended by that. In the same way that I'm offended that Tim Hortons has done certain things this year that is completely against my belief system, uh, that, that many of us are choosing to place our money and spend our money at a place that does not do these kinds of things. And so right off the bat, I know until I hear what's going on with your case, I will not spend one more dime at Sephora. And I do encourage everyone to await and see what Courtney's case comes out like, because this is, I think, what we have. We have our dollars. And for people like me and you, I see you have beautiful eyeshadow on, uh, Courtney. So they're, they're actually missing out on a great, a great person, you know, who knows how to put herself together. And, uh, you know, for my work, I need some, I need some real good makeup every single day to keep looking okay, because you don't want to see me without it. But um, this is important that all women are honored, and that they're all given the same opportunities. So I'm really shocked to hear this. And Courtney, I'm really looking forward to seeing uh, what happens. Now, you do have a give, send, go. Could you tell us about that? Because people will want to support you in your battle. Sure. If, if anybody's interested in um, supporting um, legal fees for my case, it is givesendgo.com forward slash Sephora. All right. I'm looking forward to hearing what happens. Uh, will you come back and let us know updates as as it goes and definitely about the outcome of a trial uh we're very interested and i i just honor you for the fight and thank you very much for that i would love to come back thank you so much for having me wow and it, and it takes real bravery you know to do something like that i'll tell you what takes bravery um aaron i'm hoping you have that dell big tree uh clip ready to go just uh, type, you don't have it if you don't have it, because this is one of my all-time favorite clips. Before we go to our final interview, I, I, want to, um, I want to show you what bravery is. It's the letter that Del Bigtree reads out about an unvaccinated person's perspective, and I believe this person hit it on the head. This is it. Um, and we are all in the fight of our lives who are standing up and, and standing strong, not giving our bodily autonomy away to anyone because of all the pressure and because of all the hatred that's come our way and all of the nonsensical anti-science rhetoric. Check this out, what this lady said, and Del Bigtree reads it out. It's fantastic. I will say this. I did not write this but somebody did. Susan, if it's you, this should be holding down a place in every textbook in the world in the future. And I'm gonna to read to you what I think is one of the most eloquently stated statements about what we have just been through and what we must all recognize is now the truth. And for those of you been watching The High Wire, this one's for you, let this sink in. An opinion piece from a vaccinated Australian writer is what it's called. If COVID was a battlefield, it would still be warm with the bodies of the unvaccinated. 
Thankfully, the mandates are letting up and both sides of the war stumble back to the new normal. The unvaccinated are the heroes of the last two years as they allowed us all to have a control group in the great experiment and highlight the shortcoming of the COVID vaccines. The unvaccinated carry many battle scars and injuries as they are the people we tried to mentally break. Yet no one wants to talk about what we did to them and what they forced the science to unveil. We knew that the waning immunity of the fully vaccinated had the same risk profile as others within society as the minority of the unvaccinated, yet we marked them for special persecution. You see, we said that they had not done the right thing for the greater good by handing their bodies and medical autonomy over to the state. Many of the so-called health experts and political leaders in Australia admitted the goal was to make life almost unlivable for the unvaccinated which was multiplied many times by the collective mob, with a fight taken into workplaces, friendships, and family gatherings. Today, the hard truth is none of it was justified as we took a quick slide from righteousness to absolute cruelty. We might lay the blame on our leaders and health experts for the push, but each individual within society must be held accountable for stepping into the well-laid-out trap. We did this despite knowing full well that principled opposition is priceless when it comes to what goes inside our bodies and we let ourselves be tricked into believing that going into another ineffective lockdown would be the fault of the unvaccinated and not the fault of the toxic policy of ineffective vaccines. We took pleasure in scapegoating the unvaccinated because after months of engineered lockdowns by political leaders blinded by power, having someone to blame in turn to burn at the stake felt good. We believed we had logic, love, and truth on our side, so it was easy to wish death upon the unvaccinated. Those of us who ridiculed and mocked the non-compliant did it because we were embarrassed by their courage and principles and didn't think the unvaccinated would make it through unbroken. And we turned the holdouts into punching bags. Lambie, Carr, Chant, Andrews, McGowan, Gunner, and the other cast of hundreds in prominent roles. And we here in America, we could add Fauci and the rest of them and Biden in prominent roles need to be held to account for vilifying the unvaccinated in public and fueling angry social media mobs. The mobs, the masked Nazis, and the vaccine disciples have been embarrassed by betting against the unvaccinated because mandates only had the power we gave them. It was not compliance that ended domination by big pharma companies, Bill Gates and his many organizations and the World Economic Forum. It was thanks to the people we tried to embarrass, ridicule, mock and tear down. We should all try and find some inner gratitude for the unvaccinated as we took the bait by hating them because their perseverance and courage bought us the time to see we were wrong. So if mandates ever return for COVID or any other disease or virus, hopefully more of us will be awake and see the rising authoritarianism that has no concern for our well-being and is more about power and control. The war of the unvaccinated was lost, on the unvaccinated was lost. And we should all be very thankful for that. Wow. Oh, man. Isn't that the truth? And I do think that the unvaccinated will be vindicated. I do believe that we have stood strong and it wasn't easy and it took courage. I also believe that there are those who are going to be standing strong in the future because we know in Canada they've bought 10 jabs per person. So those of you who've taken two, potentially three, you still have an opportunity to go. I'm, I'm not down with any more of these, especially as all of the reports have come out. I mean, the fact is, is that even when this all began, Pfizer knew that the, the trials that they had already done uh, were not healthy trials, were not good trials. And in fact, um, as uh, some of the doctors have pointed out, eventually uh, when another strain of the virus was introduced to the animals that where they did the animal trials, that those animals died after they had had the vaccination. 
we are now seeing that those with the third and the fourth are experiencing tremendous problems. And this morning, uh, when I was on with Pastor Art Pulowski talking about Alberta, where he's from, we do know that there are thousands of deaths that are over and above what the norm is. And it's not related to COVID, everybody. It's something completely different. So it's time to stand strong and you're doing well. I just want to let you all know you're doing well. We must say no. We have God on our side. And no matter how rough this gets or what they try to pull in the fall, we've got to stand strong. Well, I want to um, leave you with a final interview today. And before I go, let's just pop up. I don't know, Erin, if you have handy my website, laurelin.tv. I appreciate very much that you are supporters. I hope that, um, oh, that doesn't look so cool. Hey, oh, that's better. Um, that is my interview with John O'Rooney. He is a uh, funeral. Is that? Oh, is it? No, that's John. Oh, it's Chris Oates. I'm sorry. It was a bit small and my eyes are bad. <laughs> well, they're not that bad, but um, yeah, that looks a little. Okay, that's Chris Oates. Yes, uh, that is the father uh, whose son was um, basically force vaccinated. Unbelievable. So the reason I'm here every day is because I actually can't believe what's going on in our world. And it is our mission between myself and my husband to tell the truth and to do it uh, without apology and without wavering. The only way that we can do this is that you um, support us. And I appreciate you, all of you. Some of you are able to give more, some less. Some of you sign up for monthly donations, and I appreciate that. Some of you give a one-time gift, and we love it. Some of you um, go through our email at laurelinlive at protonmail.com or laurelinlive at gmail.com, for that matter, still works. Every little bit counts. And why we're here is for you, because we are not getting the truth on mainstream media, and we feel a calling to speak the truth. The Word of God says that uh, the truth will set you free. It, it also says that without knowledge, the people perish, and many are perishing because of a lack of knowledge. Well, it won't be for a lack of trying on this show to bring you the truth unwaveringly, courageously, every single day, getting the latest data, getting everything that we can to show you what's happening in the world, to, to give you the options for the fight, what you can do, how you can be involved. And sometimes it's as simple as how we can pray, how we can pray with knowledge that God would rescue our land. John O'Looney did say that he believes that the fight is so huge that without God's intervention, he doesn't know how we get through this. I'm of that opinion. And so first and foremost, yes, we can do a lot of things, but most importantly, we need to stand powerfully with God because God is standing with us. You are going to love my next interview. I'm going to leave you with this today. Um, so uh, this is um, Titus and Isaac Smith. Awesome guys. Oh man, I just love these guys. Uh, so I met them down at the Reawaken America in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Their mother is also there. She is truly lovely, and she has done a fine job with those boys. Titus and Isaac Smith are Christian content creators with about a million followers between the two of them on their YouTube channels, and they have something to say about the topic that uh, Courtney brought us today. Take a listen. All right, you guys, well, we have been enjoying Clay Clark's Reawaken America, and I found some brothers and a sister, and y'all know I'm African-American, and so we got talking, and I find out that these two, uh, Titus and Isaac, are they are YouTubers, and their mom raised them right. Uh, my mom, she said that I started talking, I just never shut up, so that's pretty much why I do what I do. But you did a good job, uh, Miss Bernadette. You've got your sons here, so tell me about... Uh, uh, being a YouTuber, Titus, uh, well, what's your what's your channel, and what do you guys talk about? 
Um, my channel is Titus L. Smith, and I started in July. Um, I've been doing TikTok for about a year at the time, and I had grown like to like 200,000 followers on there. And uh, my friend, who's a pretty big YouTuber, told me just start posting that same stuff on YouTube. I promise you will do well. And I was just like, I'm not really trying to do that. I just want to keep growing TikTok and see what happens. But I just ended up giving in anyway. I started doing that in July, and it's it's May now, and I have grown to almost 700,000 subscribers. And what I do is I talk about you know these conservative values that my mom and, and dad instilled into me growing up. Just talk about how crazy things that are going on in the world right now and how they're trying to push this agenda and this narrative and this is wrong and you can live how you want but you don't get to dictate or force other people to live how they want and also i want to tell everybody that crisis foundation is the center of everything that i believe and that's why i believe that way if you don't that's your choice god gives you the free will but you don't get to enforce your uh ideologies on me and that's kind of it's kind of essentially what we do yeah and we talk about more but that's yeah. that's amazing so you must be pretty proud Totally. Dad yes. of these uh, amazing kids. Yes. All right. And so Isaac, what, yeah. what do you do? What's, you got a different channel than your brother? Or? Yes, we yeah. both have separate channels. He started in July. I started in about around September, and uh, pretty much doing the exact same thing. I was on TikTok, really big, got to like two hundred thousand subs around there. Then I got banned on TikTok. It was so unfortunate. Just posting pretty much the same stuff, talking about Joe Biden, the world, the craziness of it. And then I just started doing YouTube, really focusing on that. And now I have about 200,000 on YouTube subscribers. So it's just amazing how fast we've grown. But uh, my main thing, I mean, we talk about the same stuff, but I really like talking to the black community and telling them like, with all this CRT nonsense trying to go around, we're like, you're not, you don't have to be oppressed. You can be, that's your choice. If you want to be, you can. But just because you're black doesn't mean you're born with a disadvantage and that you're not able to make it as far as a white person. So really, really harping on that and just, you know, talking about current events, whatever's happening in the world. So Thank you so much for yeah. that because we're hearing a lot of the CRT is being taught to kids, right? Oh. And they're, they're taught to, like, focus on color rather than character. They're right. taught, you know, that people should be judged or that you're less than, uh, you know, maybe if you're a white person or something like that. And it's, it's a very interesting uh, twist that has come about and a, a very sh shocking backdoor kind of way mm -hmm. so you actually push out against that narrative oh, and yeah. how are you received like do you get backlash from, from honestly the for the most part yeah people are like thank god thank god you're saying it because it's just like a lot of people especially white people feel like they don't have a voice and it's like they're not they're not oppressors just because they're white they're like you're, you want to teach my child that just because they were born white, they're an oppressor. That doesn't make sense. That's wrong. I raised them right, Christian people. And it's just most of the people are thankful. A lot of black people, it's mixed reviews. Some people are just like, thank you, thank you for saying it. And other people are like, how dare you tell a black person they can be successful, which is just kind of like mind-boggling. Like, why are you coming against me telling you you have an opportunity, that you have a chance to make it? And with, like, so many black people are in the top 1% of, like, the world is crazy but like yeah here, here we go. crazy is that there's like you said there's so many successful black people and there's people that are at the top that are black that are pushing the same narrative they're like they're successful they're millionaires they made it out of whatever crappy situation they were born into and yet they're still trying to preach to all the black people that you're oppressed we need to fix the problem like you you figured it out so you should be telling them how you did it and not trying to go along with this narrative that's continuously keeping black people and minorities or just people that are poor in the same situation ever not like black lives matter not actually helping the community buying mansions in predominantly white neighborhoods and not doing anything and then lying about them being only used for business purposes you just got caught the other day lying admitted to lying so it's like the they're not doing anything to help black people yet. Yeah, they're trying to, it's all a narrative. It's all an agenda. It's all about constantly dividing people. Yeah. If we can divide the races, we can divide through sexual orientation. If we can divide through whatever, we'll use that as a way to hide what actually, we're actually doing and to control. Because if we're divided, we won't be together. And then if we're not together, united, then it's like they can do whatever they want because we're always fighting with each other. Right. Yeah. So, because in a way you accept a victim mentality if you accept that narrative. And I always thought that, like, as a woman, like, I've had a lot of, grown up with a lot of women's livers telling us that we're repressive. I never thought as a woman that I was. Uh, sometimes I, I could see that men sometimes, you know, get better jobs here and there, but I always thought whatever God's called me to do, I'm going to do it to the best of my ability. And when, when you get that mentality, you just start soaring yeah. uh, into that destiny that 
God has for you. But uh, but you're right about like Joe Biden's of the world. This whole Democratic um, establishment is trying to you know say and, and put this on all of us that uh, you know that the, the whole critical race theory and we've got to stop being racist and so many people are like I don't even know what you're talking they about. They mask I it. Love. Right. I love my fellow Americans. Yeah. They mask it with they mask it with its history. But like we all went to school and we learned about history. We learned about Martin Luther King. We learned about Rosa Parks. We learned about this and how we overcome these things. So why are you teaching us new history, which is really just expressing how black people are less and white people are are higher? And because black people are less, white people should feel bad about it. Except for that's not what where we're at. We're all we're everybody. Everybody's put at a certain place at the beginning of their life. Some black people come from a middle class, some are poor, some are rich, white people, some all the same. It's not like, everyone doesn't start the same. Now you all have the same opportunity from where you started to grow and some people might get there faster than others, but that's not a race issue. If anything, there's economic privilege, like what you were born into, but there's not actual black privilege or white privilege. And if anything, there would be black privilege because you'll allow a black person through affirmative action to get a lesser score to get into a college that a white person has to have a higher score in order to get into it. So it's like, if there's privilege, it's not going in the direction they're trying to push. That's good. My thing is like, yes, if, if you do start at a lower class, you have the opportunity to change your family dynamic for the rest of your life. If you choose to work and if you're poor, same with white and black people, if you choose to work and like, be successful by your work ethic and whatnot, the rest of the generations, your son, your son's sons, they will have wealth and they won't experience that same thing. But it's all a, a mentality. If you choose to change your life right now by working and you know, building that work ethic, you're able to change the destiny of your future generations. But if you have that victim mentality, you're gonna stay in that exact same place. And that's what you're seeing happen over and over and over again. It's what's taught. You tell your child, this is just the way things are. You're gonna be, you're not going to be successful. They won't be because that's what you're telling them. But if you work and teach that same work ethic to your child and their child, you'll be just as successful as the white man, they would say. But yeah. Okay, so you started a little bit later than Titus. Yes. Right? And uh, did you see his success and you're like... Absolutely. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, man. I know, literally, he was on TikTok making his videos and I just saw them blowing up. And he was like, why don't you do this? Like, it doesn't make sense. We both believe the same thing. And I was just like... And we both get angry about it. Yeah. Were, yeah. Well, yeah. I, what made me start? What made me start was with irritation. I, because I had TikTok accounts and I, I do little fun. Because I was in theater and did music and stuff growing up. And I have ever, I always thought if I was gonna be known for anything, it would be music. But I was just really upset at Joe Biden blatantly lying at the debate. And so I made a video just ranting on TikTok, and it got like three thousand views or two thousand views. And I was like, whoa. Uh, okay, people want to hear that. And, and then I remember in 2016, always expressing my frustration through Facebook wars on comments. And, and, so, I, and so I just decided, well, you know, people want to hear this and I'm passionate about this. And if I get frustrated about something, I can bl literally blow off steam on TikTok while expressing my opinion. And then while doing that, it just grew and grew and grew and grew. And then, well, yeah, that was at a Trump rally. I, we went to a rally. This is before I was into politics in 2015. We went to a rally in Michigan. And the Delta Plex was just closed down. And I literally, I didn't know. I just went because she said. She's like, Donald Trump's there. And everyone else said he was racist. I didn't really pay attention to any of that stuff. I went and I was like, I, I met him actually. Like after the speech was over, I, I somehow got through the crowd, tapped him on the shoulder. And I was like, I tapped him on the shoulder. I was like, can I get a picture? Well, for first they were like, I'm black. So they're going to assume like I'm probably anti him. Well, he's probably going to do something. But I was like, can I get a picture? Cause, and then he was like, uh, yeah, yeah. And then I took a picture with him. And he's like, you better vote for me. <laughs> So yeah, yeah, and I was like, of course, and I and I made a posted picture that night, and every, I got a bunch of comments, hundreds of comments of hate, and like he's a racist, he's this. I'm like, I, do you not see the picture? We just took, he's not. If you're racist, you're not gonna want to take a picture. You're not gonna accept that. But anyways, yeah. So with TikTok, we I started that. I like released my frustrations. People started to love it, and I was expecting to get a lot of hate to be honest, because I was like, we're we're shown like through media that like conservatism is bad any of our values or Christian faith, it's all just wrong. So I just assumed everyone's gonna get mad at me, I'm gonna get a bunch of attacks. And I had people that would say rude things, Uncle Tom, whatever they wanna call me. But I had an overwhelming amount of like positive reviews and thankfulness and gratefulness and oh my gosh, sharing it and reposting it. And so I started growing. Uh, I made a video of us, him voting for the first time. And that video got like 20,000 views. And that, like, that was my first one and he was like, all right, I'm gonna. I gotta do this. <laughs> he was like, I gotta do this. And honestly, we would, we would, we would go back and forth and like 
follower count. And we it was fun competition. But I was like, if he got like one hundred fifty thousand, I'm like, sweet. I'm at one forty eight. I'm gonna try and get there too, you know. And then go back and forth and go back and forth. So yeah. And then with YouTube, that was just God. Because I don't know how we. Because with TikTok it took like a year to get two hundred thousand followers, but on YouTube I started in July and it's it's what is it May and I got seven hundred thousand in such a short period of time. So it's just so there's shorts which is like TikTok videos like ten to like fifteen to sixty seconds, and then there's long form videos. So we do both of those. So the shorts are. A minute. Like a yeah, and then uh, sometimes they're short, if I shorter. But long form videos, I'll do up to like an hour sometimes, just talking to people about just more detailed, more expressed. Because you can't put all your thoughts in a one minute video. You can just give the blueprint or pinpoint certain uh, points. And so then we just made long form videos as well. And then we're starting a podcast too, our own separate channel, just us two. So we have his channel, my channel, and then we have another channel. And so. We're just trying to just keep the message out there, and, and people want to hear it, and people like to see our perspective. And also, I'm very, I'm, I'm always telling people like, this is how I believe, and I'm always going to fight for what I believe, and I'm going to stand up for what I believe. But you're also entitled to believe how you believe. You're just not entitled to make me believe the way you believe. And so, a lot of people that don't even agree with me are like, well, I'm, I'm cool with you because you're allowing me to believe how I do. And some people will even, because of that approach, they're like, well, actually, that makes sense. They start to like question their own beliefs and. So I've gotten a lot of messages on that too. Like you made me change my mind on stuff. Call people like the mayor of Chicago, who just the other day said it's time for LGBTQ to bear arms, like pick up your arms and start fighting. Like who says that? That's exactly. like inciting violence. Exactly. Well, that's the whole key. If they can incite violence, if they can separate us and incite violence, it's all about divide to conquer. They want to divide between races, between old and young, between all this, the whole, right, LGBT and, and what you call normal, whatever. But all of that is, is put out there to ultimately destroy us all. <clears throat> so they're using these communities, they're using the LGBT, they're using the African-Americans, whatever, to bring, to incite, right, right, exactly, division, that's a good point. Division in the name of yes, unity, that's like the, what they do. Exactly, Titus. But it's, the goal is to destroy us all. There's a bigger agenda here. And the agenda is to depopulate us all. Let's face it. That's the goal. They're not trying to bring unity. They're trying to bring the division. But the division will ultimately, it's not going to happen on our watch. We're not going to allow it to happen. But that's the goal. Let's be real. So are we seeing, uh, are you guys making a difference then? Because you're young and handsome and you're putting it out there. Yes. And, and other kids are going, what? Like, maybe they never really thought about it so yeah. intensely. Now you're bringing it to light and they're starting to have the, the gears are going. Yeah, well, the thing is people think the difference, and this is what I tell people, is that I understand the liberal mindset in the sense of, like, it's empathy. Like, not the people at top. They're corrupt, evil, and their agendas are wrong. But if you're just an everyday person, it's usually just, okay, you should be able to love who you want. Like, I shouldn't, I, I'm not, I don't want to, like, ruin that for you. I don't want to feel like I'm against you because of that. And so I understand that empathetic, like, uh, mindset towards it. But that, it's gone farther than that. You give them an inch, they take a mile. So now it's not only can I, I'm living my life, you're going to accept it and you're going to call me what I want you to call me. You're going to do what I want you. And that, that's when it gets invasive because us as Christians, we don't tell you, you have to follow Jesus. We tell you about Jesus. We want you to know about him, but we're not making you be Christian. And you're trying to make us call you they, them. You're trying to make us do. So you're trying to affect our lives because how you want to live yours. And that should not be done. That should, that's totally wrong. Yes. And... It's all in, in virtue signaling. And here's the thing. It's like, it's, it's not even, you just want to look like a good person too half the time. Because why are you filming it? Why are you tweeting how good you are? Because you are standing with someone who no one else is standing against or just not standing with. Like, I don't, I don't align with that. But I don't hate you. You can live how you want to do. But I'm not going to subscribe to that. I'll be, if I work with you, I'll treat you with respect. I'll treat you like a, treat you like a human being. But I'm not going to subscribe to that lifestyle or agree to it or say that it's okay. And I, and I have a friend friends who are liberal and disagree with me and because i have that approach and they have that approach we're fine but people that's not it's it's not enough for the agenda the agenda you can't just be okay with them living that life you have to accept it and if you don't accept it you're all the names in the book names that you never heard about till 2016 xenophobic <laughs> all the things that they call you so it's ridiculous
like six or seven years ago, you could be our age and you wouldn't really care that much about politics until like four years came, time to vote for president. Now you're like, okay, well, let me look into the people and see what they stand for. But nowadays, you have to pick a side. And if you don't pick conservative or liberal, you're just in this weird place where like, eh, I don't know if I should hang out with you because I don't know what you believe. But if you don't choose liberal, especially if you're in like college universities and whatnot, yeah. you're an outcast. So most people will just choose liberal just to like fit in like, oh yeah, I'm a liberal. Like, oh, people want to do what they want. Sure, whatever. But what we're doing with our platforms is we're trying to speak to that same younger crowd like reality and what's actually happening. And then there starts to be like, okay, I was a liberal because I was kind of forced to in this environment. But now I'm like, huh, maybe I... Maybe I gotta like start thinking, like critically think, why am I this way and what should I be, you know, going forward in the future. So what's right and what's wrong. So that's what we're trying to do with our platform, reach that audience and that's our biggest like demographic, that eighteen to twenty four age group. So surprisingly surprisingly so. And, and do you think some of them are coming like that? You gave Trump a chance. Like you you tapped on his shoulder when you gave him a chance to see who he really was. Do a lot of people know that like he gave more money to the African American community than Obama did when he was the president? Not one person would know that. Because I mean most of the new it's stated but like mainstream media across the board like they don't cover it. They don't want to make Trump look good, so they won't tell you the facts. They assume he's a racist, not knowing that he gave so much money to black universities across the board. It's insane. I feel bad, but we expose that. We try to bring light to it. Yes, he Trump, yeah, we're trying to educate. Trump did these things. You're saying he never did one good thing for any community, let alone the black community. But no, he created world peace, <laughs> essentially, with everything, all the policies he put in place, and also helped the black community. But no one wants to talk about that. Right. Well, it's also like even when they do bring it up, they'll say it like once. They'll say, "Oh, he did Trump did this thing." Next thing, but he but he's, he also said this. He says the thing about women, but we can't forget what he said about Mexicans. But we can't forget about this. So it's not even a matter. Of, he did a good thing. They may acknowledge it for a millisecond, or they'll won't deny it. But they'll always express everything that's wrong with him, so that you in your mind over and over again you hear only negative. You hear only the bad things, and half the things aren't even true. And they try and use uh, he was rude or he said rude. What did, what does that matter? Like rude that that, that that's relative. <laughs> rude is relative. It's a subjective like statement because like you think it's rude. Some I thought it was funny. You think it was rude. Someone else thinks it was necessary because they needed that to to know they needed to change. Like even like this Gene Hug guy. He, he literally said that like. I because on TikTok he actually had a, he was one of the ones I duetted. I reacted to one of his videos talking about how Trump was always he's an Asian. His, Trump was always kind to him and his family and his son and always treated him with respect. And so I duetted that trying to exp expose like people's narrative of him being racist. And he was just like he actually followed me from that and we kind of connected a little bit. And when we ran we ran into each other at the Michigan We Awaken America tour. But um, it's it's all just what you put in front of your eyes or you allow yourself to see. You're going to eventually believe. Like even if you know something's not true, when you're con consistently being fed nonsense and if you're not consistently searching seeking truth you're going to be brainwashed like I, I see myself sometimes just like like just like if I keep seeing the wrong thing in my head I'm like whoa, whoa, whoa no no that's wrong like, I got I have to really like set my mind up like that's no that that's wrong I can't just justify that because it's being there all all the time and over and over again but that's what most people don't look into that stuff they just see what's in front of them and they allow that to be their truth their truth which is also not it's an object there's objective truth there's not subjective truth. I, my truth that whole thing is just also that's a whole nother conversation <laughs> well you guys are just amazing so say your say your channel one more time uh all platforms is titus ellis smith every platform ellis that's my middle name titus ellis smith yeah Ellis Smith, okay, because I'm going to be watching. Yeah. And then Isaac Smith. Isaac Smith. Yes. Very simple. Very simple. <laughs> My final question is for you, Mom. Yes. Um, how did you do it? How did you teach? How did you raise these amazing kids to understand in this dark time in our history to understand the truth like this? You know, it's so important that we get our foundation and our strategies from our Heavenly Father. And that's how I walk. Not only did I educate myself, in the natural, but I spent time in the word. You, even our forefathers, when they created the constitution or formed the constitution, they spent three days of fasting and prayer. And then they brought the constitution forth. So my goal was to get on my knees before my heavenly father to get the strategies and to educate them. That's what I did. I bet you had a lot of like dinner, <coughs> dinner hour conversations, uh, you know, like just really 
you know, what you will, we all should be doing more, not just on our phones, watching right. TikTok. But uh, it sounds right. like we're going to get a good education on TikTok anyways. <laughs> Cut the but, TV off. Yeah, yeah. You probably did, like, some real ingraining yes. truth, having these very serious, important conversations. Yeah. And my husband, too, he's very good at educating them in the political arena, yeah. insulating them with the truth. Yes. It's so important to insulate them so when they get out there, they can stand on their own. Because just stating what, what there what's is. right, yes. Like, like this is what this, like this is what it is. This is what's going on. And when you're taught biblical foundation, it's like you can lie. There's a lot of logical, like easy answers that you can think, have just by using your brain. But people don't think. It's like, no, like you said earlier, there's no critical thinking. It's not like it's just oh, this is this must be true. It's not like you don't just yeah biblical worldview. It's like this is like aborting abortion. That's wrong. Oh, you're terminating a child. That's wrong. Well, no, we've we've made it so female's body or we, how it, somehow it became about women. It's like, no, it's not about women. It's about a child. And but it's oh, it's in her body. Right. But it's our body, but a baby in the womb, that's their body. That's their body. Yeah. But what about their body, their choice? And like, so it's so terrible what Planned Parenthood has done. Like there would be millions and millions and millions more African-American brothers and sisters. Yeah. Right. Her whole point of creating it was to. And they put them Kill in, black. in the African-American neighborhoods. That was yes. the whole goal. It was intentional. They put these abortion clinics in the African-American neighborhood. And another thing they did is when they started creating the condoms, people don't know this, but the condoms were, when they were given to these kids in school, they weren't safe. They had, they, it was like not sealed, you know, so they can get pregnant, so they can get, have an abortion. You know, and if it wasn't a baby, think about this. Why would they harvest the organs for somebody else that's alive. Think about that. You know, it's just, it doesn't make sense. It is messed up, yeah. I love you guys. I am so glad that I found you. Thank you so much for sharing. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Appreciate your time. And keep up the good work. I'm going to be following you now. I'll be one of your favorites. I'll type in comments. Okay, God bless you. Thank you. You know, it's not easy to deliver the truth of what our sick world is doing but for some of us, we feel that we have no choice. Because if we are silent about these abominable things, then we are letting evil go unchecked, and we cannot do that. We need to start talking about these issues, bring this discussion to those around us, educate our children. For those of you wonderful people who are writing me and are sharing your encouragement, I am deeply grateful. Thank you for all the letters that you've been sending. Thank you for the donations and the support. I found out that in order to speak the truth, you have to become very, very strong. I'm deeply grateful for all of your kindness that you've shared with me. If you would go to my website at www.lauralyn.tv, you'll find all of the ways that you can contact me. You can also reach me at P.O. Box 48184, New Westminster, B.C., B3M0A7. Thank you for joining with me today. Thank you for fighting with me. Thank you for standing with me. Sometimes it feels like our world is a very dark place. But I have hope. I have hope that if we stand, if we will link arms against evil, that we will overcome. Remember, my friends, all is well. All is well. Thanks for joining me.